Hello, and welcome to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with agriculture advocate and lifestyle guru, Dawson Davidson. Good morning. How are we? I'm great. How are you doing, Dawson? Just lovely. So glad to be here with one of my icons. Oh, likewise. Uh. (laughs) Dawson is a man of many talents. And today, I thought we'd just start off with how you started off agriculture. Love it. Let's do it. What does it mean to be an agriculture advocate? Well, it means so many things, but to me, it means advocating for the basis of agriculture, which is the foundation of the United States. It means so many different things because it looks different ways to different people. For me, it was involved with poultry and showing exhibition poultry, but to some people, it may mean growing a crop. But really being an advocate is just expressing pride and supporting a group that you believe in. You worked a lot with poultry. Yes. And you showcased chickens. Showed chickens. I started when I was 14. Um, that led to many, many things that led to the launching pad of my career. But I showed English American split blood buff Orpingtons. That's what a lot of people know me from in the ag world, especially in the southeastern uh, poultry circuit. And my hands have now been retired because we've pivoted uh, career wise. But they're gorgeous, gorgeous girls. They are. They are massive. <laughs> they I really have are. never seen such large chickens. That's what people say every time they see them. Like I did a photo shoot and it was at Chuck John. And I had a chicken in a basket and they were like, this is insane. This chicken is the size of the basket. It's a chicken on steroids. But no, no, no. But she's not on steroids. Yes, of course. I meant that figuratively. Figuratively. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) But they are big girls. No scandals here. No, no. (laughs) Dawson, how long do you keep the chickens well, you know, I've had these UK American split blood since they were babies. Chickens usually live to seven, eight, sometimes nine years. My girls have been raised in an air-conditioned building with <laughs> chandeliers, so we may be at year 12, and they're still limping along, but as of right now, they're at year eight, so, you know, they are in their retirement phase. They're going to Shady Pines, as some <laughs> might know it as. Now, just because you are done showcasing chickens doesn't yeah. mean you're done with agriculture. No, no, no. And I still have the chickens and use them as a career platform. But agriculture advocacy is still the basis of my career. I just have pivoted to do more lifestyle and um, things like Martha Stewart Living, P. Ellen Smith, you know, interior design, tablescaping, growing flowers, using the eggs from the chickens, kind of a, a more well-rounded compassment of my career, not just one facet. You mentioned Martha Stewart. Is she your biggest inspiration? She is. She really is someone that I, besides her going to jail and committing fraud, we'll <laughs> scratch that out. She is one of the biggest people in my life that I, you know, resonate my taste towards and just upscale living, but doing it so tastefully that she does it herself. Like she's creating everything that she's putting on to the table. Um, obviously now she's got major, major teams and blah, blah, blah. But I just love that she, you know, made the tablecloth and then set the table and grew the vegetables. And that really encompasses agriculture in my life. And it looks differently for me because I'm a man and I'm from the South. And typically this field of television work involved with lifestyle is not people from the South, but that's really what I'm, you know, gunning for. It's also not people who are young. Exactly. You're young. I'm young. I'm 21. I'm not. I'm going to be 22 in August. Um, but I do feel like an old soul because I've always loved being around older people. And my career has basically been generically around older people the entire time. Even though I competed in poultry shows as a youth exhibitor, I ended up being competing against older folks anyway. So I'm a young person with an older mind, but that does come to my advantage many, many times.
were you always this determined? I was. I'm very cutthroat competition. <laughs> um, I do it fairly, and I really involve myself with whatever I'm doing. I'm going to do it 100% the best possibly I can. That's just the perfectionist inside of me. But determination is a big factor in my life. So it comes from within. It comes from within. No one really taught me to have the work ethic that I have or obviously my parents instilled good practices in me, but really just I know what I want. I know the outlook of my career or in where I want it to go, the trajectory, and I just need to make it happen. So I do whatever it takes. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with agriculture advocate and lifestyle guru, Dawson Davidson. Hello. You touched on what a lifestyle guru is. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a little bit of a Martha Stewart. Sure. But how else do you want to influence people? Well, I really want to influence people because, like we talked about a little bit, I am a young person in typically a female-dominated industry that is basically older female people. Um, so I really want to be an advocate for men in the South who like things like Martha Stewart living that are upscale lifestyle things, growing flowers, setting the table, having chickens in the backyard, you know, living the luxury life. But I want to advocate for young people can do it, too. And really, you can make your career your own platform if you just use your time correctly and devote your heart to it. I feel like there is kind of a push for this, at least online. You see people under 30, under 40 getting chickens or yes. growing their own herbs. Yeah. Do you think this is a nationwide push to kind of get back to basics? I think it is. And, you know, there's a lot of really cool things happening in the ag world for younger people that didn't used to be happening. When I was in the thick of my success as a poultry showman, chickens really became a, a cool thing to get and just have as like a backyard pet silkies and really odd breeds just as pets, not really as a production bird. And nowadays you see things like cottage core, which is all over Instagram, which is just like growing beautiful flowers in kind of a whimsical way and growing herbs on their window in New York, having little microgreens, that kind of thing. It's it's altering and becoming more modern, but a lot of younger people are slowly getting into just little areas of ag. Do you think this is because of social media making it more accessible? I think it's probably because of social media, but also because it's been around for so long and it's kind of been forgotten about. And then sometimes the younger crowd gets a hold, a hold of, okay, we'll say retired items. Mm -hmm. And then they pull it back and they're like, oh, well, this is, you know, almost therapeutic to plant something in the dirt. And this is why older people love gardening and, you know, vintage. <laughs> it's vintage, but then let's resurface it. It's never really been vintage. We're just right. trying to uncover the truth. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of great aspects to being involved. And I wish more people would recognize it. Because it is such a community builder. Yeah. I mean, obviously, agriculture is at the heart of all civilizations. Yes. Uh, but there are clubs, like in Cookville, the Master Gardeners. Master Gardeners, FFA, 4-H, the Garden Club. There's also, you know, the Cookville Clean Commission that does cleaning up the streets of Cookville, and they do garden tours and plantings and community gardens as well. So. We're lucky to have all that, but it's because we're really in the south, more in more urban areas. It looks differently because there's not as much access to the property and the you know the things that we have here. But Cookville's done really well on advocating for that. You mentioned florals and gardening. Do you garden yourself? I don't get to garden as far as a personal standpoint because I live in a townhouse and I don't get to have a garden. But my grandparents live on a very big farm. They have a big garden. I've grown up on that property for my entire life, and they have a big garden. That's kind of where I started learning some things about growing things. And I love 
growing things myself, but especially growing flowers. That's one of my favorite things to do. How did you learn to floral arrange? My grandmother on my mom's side is really great at it. Not in a professional standpoint, just as a casual hobby. My mom, Beth, who's an interior designer, is pretty good at it. You know, she doesn't use them as frequently as myself or my grandma does, but she was good at it. And I just kind of learned self-taught almost watching Martha Stewart, you know, YouTube videos. I've grown up in the generation where if I want to find something, I just look it up on YouTube. So I really love floral arranging and that's one of my favorite kind of like pastimes and because of my career now, I do a lot of it for clients and it's probably one of my most successful, in my opinion, facets of my career. You know, I've been great at chickens and I'm, I'm great at the things that I do, but that's something that like when I make an arrangement, I'm like, I really killed that. Isn't it nice when you can make something and it's just immediately beautiful? Yeah. It's not the same as agriculture. That takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of time. And you really have to, as we say, cultivate your career and your time in the craft. And a lot of people in ag come from lifespans of family members that have done things as far as either they've raised cattle their entire lives from generations or they've had big production farms. So I'm lucky that my family has been involved in ag on both sides, but I really do like encompassing my own take on things. When it comes to the consciousness of agriculture, what do you think is lacking just with the collective not really quite understanding the connection between us and agriculture and the land? I think the the number one thing about the missing connection is that there is no connection. People nowadays, it's totally dismissed. There is no acknowledgement of it they understand that they buy food and that it comes from the grocery store and a lot a lot of younger people think food just magically comes from the grocery store even if it's being sold in a grocery store and not at the farmer's market there are farmers and producers who had to make that food it didn't just Mm -hmm. magically show up so the disconnect there is that there is no connection we really need to get back to plugging in and Mm -hmm. knowing where this food came from who made it It doesn't always have to be locally made. You know, production farmers are doing a great job, and scientifically they're really advanced in their field. But, you know, I wish people would really click in and think, okay, this is coming from somewhere. Somebody spent a lot of time and energy putting into this food. I feel like that will start to come more into the consciousness as we deal with droughts. (laughs) I hope so. And And heat waves. Those things are affecting our livestock, our crops. Yeah. And we'll have to know. <laughs> People will have to know real quick. And then when things start getting, if we have another shortage like we did earlier during the COVID times, they really need to know. And I think that was another surge of people really recognizing, mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I should grow a few things myself because the grocery store's out of everything. Right. More with Dawson Davidson right after the break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. 
Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I'm chatting with agriculture advocate and lifestyle guru Dawson Davidson. Hello everyone. Dawson, you are super involved with agriculture, Mm -hmm. and this extends to the fair. Of course it does. You are on the Putnam County Fair Board. Yes, I am. When did you join? So I became a junior fair board member in 2014. I was a general, just typical member, which is free labor, um, for two years. And then I became the chair of the junior fair board for two and a half years. I led the junior fair board. It became, it was a small group when I joined. I think there was 12 people. By the last year of my chairmanship, we were at like 22 members. And then I moved over and I became the youngest ever inducted member of the executive fair board. And now I'm the public relations director for the Putnam County Fair Board. What does the junior fair board do? The junior fair board, I jokingly said free labor, but they really do so many things. <laughs> it is an, it's a second hand to the actual fair board. They run their own events at the fair. They run the information booth. They want, they run, um, grandma's barnyard, which is a, a recurring theme of the Putnam County Fair, which is where they have live animals and they're growing crops and they're cooking cast iron skillets. And that's like the junior fair board's baby right there. And they also just assist in a lot of areas as far as if the fair board member who is over there, a portion of the fair, needs an assistant to something, that's where they are. Do or did the junior fair board teach you leadership skills? Absolutely. How did that inform your experience? I feel like I've always been a natural born leader and I've always kind of had that in my body. But that is in the middle of the summer, hardcore work in front of the public Dealing with, not an exaggeration, 16,000 people a day. And all types. All All types. types. (laughs) Walks of life. They've come off the ark and they've come out of the woodwork and they're here to ride rides. But it's a great group and it really did teach me a lot of things. And, you know, now the Junior Fair Board is almost like this prestigious group to be a part of. It's 42 members strong. Wow. We give a scholarship to the Junior Fair Board members that they can use either in high school or in college. And it's a great opportunity for young people who want to be an ag. When did you decide to move to the board or did they ask you? Okay. They did ask me. I, so I took a small break, a maybe four month break in between me leaving the chairmanship of the junior fair board onto the actual fair board because I wanted to just see where I was career wise. And I was getting into college and I just had to get a few things organized. And when they asked me to be on the fair board, They knew I was young, but they knew that I was a super hard worker, and I kind of had a really good background behind me because I was so, so involved as a junior board member. And mind you, fair board and junior fair board members are volunteers. We do not get paid for anything. A lot of fair board members take their year's vacation to work the 10-day fair. Wow. I mean, it's real dedication. So when they asked me, of course, I was honored. And as I've been on it more and more throughout the years, I've accumulated more tasks, but I feel like it was a no-brainer. When I when I was on it, the Junior Fair Board, and they said, would you ever like to be considered for a Fair Board member? I said, absolutely. So the Executive Board is, I believe, 13 members, and they each run a division or portion of the fair. I'm Caroline Moore, and I am talking to agricultural advocate and lifestyle guru Dawson Davidson. Can you tell us a little bit about your duties on the fair board? Of course. Well, my title is public relations director, so I work very closely with the public. Uh, I do all radio hosting. I do all television segments. We do a television series for WCTE during the fair. I film all of those. I do all of the press. So going on like a radio show tour or going out in the public and working with sponsors. I have a few sponsors that I 
are in, am in charge of myself, just getting advertisements and that kind of thing situated. But really anything as far as the face of the Putnam County Fair Board, whether that be social media or in-person interaction, it's me. And is this job year-round? It is so year-round. And people <laughs> have no clue that it's year-round. It's hardcore. And we meet once a month every year leading up to the fair starting in May. It's like three times a month. Meetings all the time, whether that be in your specific committee or a general fair board meeting. And John Allen, our wonderful president, will send six emails a day just updating, getting things going. I mean, it really is a full-time position. Obviously, it has lulls. You know, springtime is a little bit slower, Christmas time. But then literally the month after the fair is over, we take a two-week break and we're planning next year's fair. Wow. Yeah. And this year's fair will be back at the fairgrounds. It will. We're going to be back at the old fairgrounds until further notice because okay. we're we're up in the air. Right. Well, you know, with COVID, the pandemic, everything got mixed up with construction. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, the fair board is under the fairgrounds is under contract currently, but there's been a few hiccups and stipulations with the contract. And I do know that the contract deadline is in July for the current people. So. We will see what they come up with. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the new fairgrounds? Absolutely. It is going to be spectacular, and I really hope people get excited about it. It's going to be 136 acres of full fairgrounds. Um, right now, the fair sits on 32 acres, and we're going to have 32 acres of parking at the new fairgrounds. Wow. Yep. We're going to have a transportation system kind of similar to Wilson County, whether that be a, a corn wagon or <laughs> something, a golf cart tram. But there will be transportation, so if you parked in the back 30, we'll get you into the fairgrounds. You can get there. But it's going to be a beautiful um, multi-multi-million, you know, up in the 20s of millions um, to build this new fairgrounds. Beautiful buildings. There's going to be two permanent hotels, restaurant chains that Cook, Cookville doesn't already have. They're going to be out there. This new fairgrounds is on Tennessee Avenue, and it's going to be a great place to cultivate a new champion fair. Yes, because we are the champion of champions. We are. This year is our reigning year. We're taking our parade. It's We are the 2022 Tennessee Association of Fairs Champion of Champions, which is the best fair in the state of Tennessee. Tell me about winning that. It was, you know, life-changing. <laughs> I've been on the fair board. This is my ninth year. And ever since I've been on, that's the goal. We're We're working towards winning that. And this year we did it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of years of accumulation of building a team that knows the the goal for the fair and they want the same thing and they're advocating for agriculture. They're advocating for fairs. And we couldn't have done it if we did not have the team and the leadership of John Allen that we do currently. So it's a huge honor. People don't really know about the honor because they're not in the fair world. But it truly – I mean it is the highest recognition. It's like an, winning an Oscar for fair goers. It's a huge deal. And it's an actual event, right? It's an actual five-day event in Murfreesboro. It's a convention. All of the fair boards in Tennessee come, and it really is like major competition because these fair boards, what people don't know is the big fairs, which Putnam County lucky, luckily is one – are big money fairs that come with a lot of resources and they do not come to play games. Mm -hmm. And it's a full-blown competition the entire time competing in entries and pat the state pageant is at this convention and the final awards banquet. It's a very fancy, you know, cocktail evening, very nice event and we demolished. When they announced Putnam County. Yes. Did y'all just explode our or faces is it... melted off for sure 
<laughs> well, we're sitting at the dinner table, and they always start out the announcement of the winner with a speech. So they don't go out and say, just blabber the winner. They start out. And this year, they started out with, in this fair's 96th year, which it was our 96th annual. And there we were. So we knew immediately. And, you know, everyone was crying. And it's just really personal. The fair board takes it personally. It's not just... And a hobby we have, the, the meaning behind the Putnam County Fair is personal, and we took that win personal. Well, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. Literally, blood, sweat, <laughs> yes. and tears. Well, now that you've won, now that you're champions, do you have a bit of relief, or do you feel like, you know, this one's just going to be a fun year, we're the champion, Yeah, we have a new fairground coming, yes. let's just have a good time, the pressure's I, I off. I do, you know, I do feel that in my personal mind, but I also know that some of the higher-ups in the fair board also feel like we really need to show up and show out, because now that we are the winners, people are going to come, because mm-hmm. they, they may not have never been to the Putnam County Fair, and now they're expecting greatness. Well, when is the Putnam County Fair? August 4th through the 13th on the old fairgrounds, obviously, on Veterans Drive. And it's a great place to be. We've got a really great year lined up of wonderful events. And we're lucky to have the fairgrounds we do because of all the buildings are already established. And we can really put on a great show for the community. And it's in such a very convenient location yes. <laughs> for most. If, if only the parking was better, we would never leave. Right. But, you know, we're we're getting bigger, and we're hoping that the Putnam County Fairgrounds, when it's built, the new one, can be almost a district fair to encompass other counties that may not have a fair to have them involved as well. So kind of like the Wilson County has been moved to the state fair, Putnam County is growing towards becoming a bigger than just one county fair in the future, but that's years down the road. And how many people do you expect this year? A lot. Our busy, One of our busiest nights last year was 16,000 people on the grounds at one time. That was at oh. 7 p.m. on the last Saturday. Monster Truck Night is always the big time. I was at Monster Truck Night. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a great time. It's always a great time. <laughs> we'll see y'all at the fair in August. More with Dawson Davidson after the break. Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I'm chatting with lifestyle guru and agricultural advocate Dawson Davidson. It's an honor to be here. Dawson, not only are you a Putnam County Fair Board member, a college student, oh yes, <laughs> a national poultry champion, you're an event designer. I am. What is event design? You know, it's a blanket statement, which really means I like to make things look pretty. But my my career is pivoting, and we, we have a lot of really huge things in the works that people will hopefully see very soon. But to me, my event design is cultivating a beautiful event that is tailored to the client's taste that encompasses me doing all of the aesthetic work. So beautiful food displays, floral arrangements, decor, Really, I focus on the atmosphere and ambiance of this event. So it's a wedding, it's a birthday party, it's an anniversary, it's a grand opening of a business. I love to just make it a spectacle. How did you get into event designing? You know, it was kind of like I stumbled upon it. Um, I'm working on some really cool TV opportunities, and event design actually falls in a lot of my categories of working with agriculture, working with food, working with plants, working with floral arranging. And it's all in one area, and it's always fun because everyone's excited for their celebration, whatever that may be. And I kind of stumbled upon it as far as I just started doing it for some of my mom's girl group friends, and it slowly became more and more of my business. And here we are. Can you walk us through the process 
of event design? Does someone yeah. reach out to you? Yes, the client reaches out to me and they tell me what kind of event we're having. Whether I can just be doing, you know, a simple event would be just a charcuterie spread. A, a large event would be a wedding. Or uh, next week I'm doing a grand opening for a mortgage uh, brokerage in Cookville. And that's like, you know, a big to do. So we'll really do that one up. So they tell me what they want and I kind of cultivate whether we need to subcontract some things out if they need something built or they need something that I can't produce myself. But I pride myself on being able to not just make things look pretty, but do it myself. So if you want 50 floral arrangements of this kind of thing, I order the flowers and we get it going. And that's just me becoming, you know, more and more like Martha Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) How much time do you need to do an event or how much notice do you need before an event? You know, it's it's really a lot. (laughs) And I'm actually leaving my day job to do this full time because of how much time it takes. Um, A small event, you know, you can get with me in two weeks and we can get on the calendar as long as I don't have anything. I'll fit you in. But a big event, you need to get months ahead because I really want I want to be personal with my clients. I want to know them and kind of. I want them to also know me and know how I operate, but I want to get to know them and get a feel for their personality and what they are gravitated towards because I have a certain aesthetic and most of the time clients who book me to do things want part of the Dawson aesthetic. That's why they get me. But also I want to be able to be moldable. So if I'm, you know, this way and the client wants something else, I'm definitely willing to be flexible and make it them happy because it's their event. When you're talking with a client, are you exchanging photos or Pinterest to get an idea? We're exchanging photos. It really is tricky. That's probably the trickiest part about it because some clients really know exactly what they want. They want me to just come in and execute, and that's cool. And other times they may have great ideas, but they really have no clue what they want. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of just coming up with things out of thin air, which luckily I'm able to do most of the time. But I like stretching boundaries, so sometimes I like doing things that they may not think of, and when the finished product is done, they're like, this is incredible because it's not what everyone else has had. Um, like at your cousin's uh, graduation party, Miss Kaylin, uh, we did a beautiful baby's breath display on the island that was from the floor to the top of the island back to the floor. And instead of sticking in a statement flower like a lily or a rose, we had paper roses made out of her favorite book pages, Harry Potter, folded into flowers and stuck in. And it was, you know, a different touch that was really fabulous. Oh, it was so fabulous. (laughs) It was a great personal touch. You know, and it's different. It's not like absolutely abstract and people won't get the reference. It's still a flower, but it's just made out of a different material. And that really goes for anything. I just want to be different and eccentric and, you know, stretching people's mind. I'm Caroline Moore. And today I'm chatting with lifestyle guru and agricultural advocate Dawson Davidson. Here we are. He does lots of event design. What are some of the of the events that you've done in town that people might recognize you from? My most recognizable event would be the Pink Gala for Cookville Regional Medical Center. I am on their event committee now. Amanda and John and all of those wonderful people are so sweet. And they hired me to be the designer for the Pink Gala, which is a charity event for breast cancer. And it's one of the most upscale events in Cookville. And we did a really great display this year. And I'm on the committee next year. I will be doing it next year. And we've another some, committee. <laughs> I'm on another committee, but we've got some great things planned for next year. So if you already do not support the um, Cookville Regional Charitable Foundation, go ahead and get on that because you'll get the golden ticket to come yes. to the event. It's a great foundation yeah. and a great night. It's a great, it's a beautiful night. And Dawson made it look so beautiful this Thank year. You.
Thank you. And, you know, a lot of times I get underestimated because I am young mm-hmm. and a lot of the people, well, first off, there's no event designers in Cookville. There used to be one, and now he's gone, so there's really no one. There's wedding coordinators, and there's people who may, like, help do a few things here and there, but there's no one who really is tagged as that. And this may not be my forever career walk line, but for right now, it's a really great fit for me. And since there's no one, I'm happy to fill in that space. And the underestimation is because I'm 21 and I'm not experienced and in the craft, but don't let you be fooled. Mm-mm. I got good taste. You do. And how do you how do you stay up to date on the trends but also keep your taste? That's it's really hard. Cuz what if you don't like a trend? <laughs> then we don't do it. Okay. I try some uh, my brand is Upscale Southern Lifestyle. That's just the overarching brand of Dawson and that goes into my event design. I always try and do things as timeless as possible. So we might do something kind of odd, like the paper roses I spoke about, but typically design wise, I love a timeless, elegant kind of look that when you look back 10 years from now in your pictures, it's not going to be like, well, that was an eighties party. You know, I don't (laughs) want it to be time stamped. What trends and design or events do you see coming or going? Well, Unfortunately, because we are in a smaller town, which it is growing, but since we're in a smaller town and we're not in a huge metropolitan area, I see things on social media that haven't reached here yet, but they they will come. One of my favorite things that I love that I have done a few times is these like photo arch walls that are made out of drywall or plywood that are painted and they've got balloon arches on them. And they're a beautiful either photo op or just a setting in front of an area that happens at a lot of the really nice events, you know, on the East Coast, but they're not, they've not made it to the South yet. But I'm trying to incorporate that a little bit more into some things I do. Um, we have one being built for the fair, so you'll see what I'm talking about Fun. if you come to the fair. Because social media is such a part of all the events now, you really do want an actual space for people to go take yeah. the photos. It's the tinsel backdrop walls, those days are over. <laughs> That's garbage. You know, if you're doing a nice event and you're really putting some money into it, you need to have a nice photo area or some kind of thing that says this is the event that we put on and it's nice if someone wanted to reach out to you yes, to book you please how do they do that i am everywhere um, i'm <laughs> all over the social media my tag is um either dawson davidson or definitely dawson on instagram i'm, I'm most active on instagram but also you can book through my website free consultations at definitely dawson you look at my website um you'll see me with my chickens it's a great website i'm proud of how it looks and you can do a form submission on what kind of event you want through there how do you manage to do all of this with your time because not only are you doing the events you're having to check your emails look at the forms that people are submitting do your college homework yeah do you have any time to yourself Really? No. And it really is tricky because my brand is me. It's not like I'm a business owner and I go into work and then I sign off for the day and I'm done and I can be someone else. Definitely Dawson is Dawson. You're the face. I am the face, the beauty and the grace. So (laughs) I'm always on and, you know, I'm here doing a radio interview. I'm working today and then I'm, you know, getting emails to do events and things like that. So it's a juggling act, but I'm graduating college early so I can just get the ball rolling. I really need a team. So if anyone's interested in being a part of the team, please reach out (laughs) to me because I would love to, you know, get a few people that would help me part time. But we're just growing and it's great Mm -hmm. to grow. And it's just, as they say, growing pains. When you get bigger and bigger, you know, you need things. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. 
And you mentioned your brand, Definitely Dawson. Yes. How do you see it expanding in the future? You know, it's really expanding, and I would love to tell everyone the secret projects we've got in the works, but I can't. I would just say keep your eyes peeled because I have some really huge um, national opportunities for Definitely Dawson and myself that are coming up very soon that hopefully you'll see this fall. And also just... I'm getting more and more recognition in the community, not only for being an ag advocate, for just but being a personality. Um, so I'm doing painting with the stars, and I'm doing this radio interview. I'm doing all kinds of really cool events that I wouldn't normally get to. So I'm doing a lot of really new things that are accomplishing Dawson as a person, and not only the chicken showing Dawson, which I love. Can you tell us a little bit about painting with the stars? I would love to. <laughs> um, you know, I get to do a lot of cool workshops and things, but Terry, who's over at the Cookville Art Studio, is doing a charitable event called Painting with the Stars, and I am one of the local celebrities they've chosen. They've got a great lineup, and you can look all over social media or on the website to see who all the lineup is, but it's myself, it's Jake Hoot, it's Amy New, it is John Bell. It is a lot of really great people who are big in the community, big community names, and I'm honored to be one of them. I'm the youngest person on the docket. Um, But we paint a painting for charity that goes towards the support of the volunteer art studio. Do you consider yourself a painter? Absolutely not, but I consider myself (laughs) a person with great taste. Yes. And I will paint the best painting there. Dawson, knowing you, your painting will just come out stunning. We'll hope. (laughs) You can do everything. But I'm going to try not boast too much because I know some people will go in super confident and then it looks terrible. Right. And other people will be the silent killer and they'll have Picassos. That's you. The silent killer. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been silent, but we'll work we'll work towards seeing what I produce. <laughs> well, Dawson, remind everybody where they can find you online. Of course. You can find me at Dawson Davidson or Definitely Dawson, whichever one looks up first. Um, I'm Definitely Dawson on Instagram and my website, and then Dawson Davidson everywhere else. You can also reach me through my website, and I would love to help you with your beautiful events. Dawson, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. You're a superstar. Thank you. Y'all have a great rest of the week.